Thank you for joining me in my hen house. Nicole's Hen House is an audio space dedicated to the stories of women in the roles of business, healthcare, entertainment, and politics. I'm a millennial mama on a mission to tell the stories of women's influence in our culture. As always, cheering for you. Idolatry isn't exclusive to graven images. In fact, idolatry might be that really good thing that you've always wanted, your most prized possession that you put before anything else. In this week's episode, we talk about the super uncomfortable subject of idolatry. If this content resonates with you, as always, please leave a comment on your preferred listening platform and share it with your friends. Thanks, guys. Tonight's talk. Idolatry, everybody's favorite subject, right? No. Um, this has been on my heart to share with you guys for a couple of weeks, maybe even a couple of months. Um, there just hasn't been any good time to talk about it. But um, given our political climate, I think it's important to address this in small measure. This will not be like most of my talks. These are pep talks, these are not full teachings. Please, if you want deeper research, please go do your own study on these things that um, are stirring in your heart because I don't have all the answers. Yeshua does, and Holy Spirit will not lead you awry. So pursue the questions and the stirrings in your heart. Um, You were given a sound mind, so you have permission to explore all of these topics. Um, All right, so... uh, a couple of reasons why this is coming up. A, um, people idolize our president, um, whomever you are identifying as your president. Um, he is identified as a savior, and our seated president is not the savior. Yeshua is the savior. And so what I've seen happen lately is our political structure is idolized as a savior, and that's what's gaining and taking everyone's attention and affection, but that actually is not how we were created to operate. Um, I'm going to share my story in like small measure. Um, after my second marriage, when things fell apart, I kind of had to reevaluate like, okay, why am I 20, at the time I was 29, turning 30, why am I 29, almost 30, two marriages in, these haven't worked, um, what is the deal? And what I realized the deal is, uh, is that I had idolized marriage. And it's because I viewed marriage as a form of salvation and that this thing that I valued so much was going to secure and protect my identity. And that's not how this works. Um... I longed so desperately to be a wife that I was just making bad decisions. Um, I was making consistently bad decisions and rushing into things because I felt like marriage was going to be the source of my security. And like, once I'm married and once I have like this good husband who loves me, um, I will come alive and get to do my full calling. And in fact, that's not true. What marriage ended up being was a place of exile. And we're going to talk about that. Um, so once I recognized that marriage was an idol over my heart, and we can, we'll talk about why in another 
um, in another pep talk. But um, once I recognized that marriage was an idol in my life, um, I had to repent. But I was exiled from walking my true calling. So I was like, I can either march around this mountain and keep chasing marriage, or I can literally set this thing on fire and not return to it. Um, and so that brings me to the basis of this teaching. Um, you guys, idol worship has been dismissed or idolatry has been dismissed in our culture because many of us don't worship false gods. Many of us worship Yeshua. Um, I'm getting connected with people of other faith backgrounds and they're very self-aware. <laughs> so um, when we're talking about idolatry, like people think, well, it's not a false god. Well, maybe not in the sense of like it's an Asherah pole or you're burning your baby and sacrificing your child to this false god. Maybe it's not. I idolized marriage more than anything else. Like I wanted to be married and I wanted to be a wife. Um, this thing was going to make me whole. So if you are putting all of your hope in one thing to make you whole or complete, then you have an idol over your heart. If the thing that's going to make you whole and secure and complete is your preferred political candidate, you have an idol over your heart. If you are spending all of your time um, camping out, trying to figure out who's doing what and what evil dark thing is going on behind the scenes, um, you have an idol over your heart. If you are spending all your time gaming or gambling, you have an idol over your heart. If you are fantasizing about marriage and babies, you have an idol over your heart. Um, the thing that you desire most oftentimes be ends up becoming your idol. This is shown time and time again in the Old Testament with the kings. Like, they worshipped themselves. Saul worshipped himself. Like, he, like, his own pride was an idol, and he never saw greatness in his kingdom again. It was constant battle. Um, also, look at the things you're addicted to. Do you have an unhealthy addiction to food? Um, do you have an unhealthy addiction with your smartphone? Do you have an unhealthy addiction with TV? Um, do you have an unhealthy um, attachment to XYZ? These are the idols that are over your heart. And you guys, sometimes idols are good things. It is a really good thing to want to be a wife, right? It is a really good thing to want to be a mother. Um, but at some point, the thing that we're desiring most is going to prevent us and can prevent us from seeing our true calling. Um, this is not fun to reckon with. Um, you know, I know people like when you're trying to go gung-ho for your preferred candidate, this is what you feel like the Lord has charged you with. When actually it might not be. Um, you're the, I like this, it's coming up a lot now because I'm seeing it all over socials of like people swearing allegiance to their preferred candidate. And like, I voted for Trump. I think he was a great president. He's not my savior. Am I bummed he didn't win? 
Hell yes. Uh, at the end of the day, he's not my savior. He's the ruler of the land. And that will be a different topic for a different day. But he's not my savior. Um, our political structure is not our savior. Your business is not your savior. It's the source of your livelihood, but it's not your savior. Um, money is the source of your livelihood, but it's not your savior. And so if you're pursuing your academia, if you're pursuing your business, if you're like, go pursue the desire of your heart. Be on watch and be on guard because that desire of your heart can become an idol. You can start looking at that thing to give you wholeness, to give you completion, to give you satisfaction. And instead of doing things unto the Lord, you end up doing it unto this thing in hopes that you'll get it and that it won't leave you. Does that make sense? And this is an uncomfortable conversation. Like, nobody wants to say, yes, those things are an idol over my heart. But y'all set my wedding dress on fire. So I am okay having this uncomfortable conversation because it's not fun to reckon. But identifying these things will prevent you from going around that mountain again and again and again. You can stop it and go live in the fulfillment of your calling. So um, let's talk about how to handle idols. Um, again, these are most likely not graven images. Like, it's probably not anything like that. However, if you do, like please just stop and repent and like get those things out of your house. Um, so how to handle idolatry. There is going to be a certain measure of self-awareness um, that you're going to have to overcome. Like you're going to have to get out of your ego, step into pride and reflect down. Okay. The ego is the shell that protects pride. Pride is a good thing. Um, but you need to like step underneath that and figure out what's going on. So how to handle this? Recognize what your idol is and why it's there. Why is marriage over your heart? Okay, in my instance, like I idolized marriage because I was told it was a good thing. And if you grew up in a Judeo-Christian world, your fulfillment and completion and sole purpose in life is to be a wife and mother. And you are not a complete person until you do and satisfy those two things. Um, so part of the reason it was an idol over my heart was my indoctrination. The other part of it was I just wasn't healthy. And we've all been there. Um, so recognize what it is and why it's there. Um, for some of you, the idol in your life might be food. You might be obsessive about it. If you need treatment, I am not saying this dismissively. Like, if you need treatment and help with food, please go get it. Um... At the same token, recognize if food is an idol in your life and then get underneath it and get the help you need to overcome it. After you recognize what these idols are, repent. Repent sounds so pushy, doesn't it? Like, you're judging me. No, it's not. Repentance is just a simple prayer, an act of coming out of alignment back into alignment so you can stay in line with your calling and co-create with the Trinity. Again, we'll do another pep talk about this. Um, listen. So, identify what the idol is, why it's there, repent, and then listen. 
So this interesting thing happens when you walk in idolatry or you start idolizing these things is you're actually in exile. So in the Old Testament, exile was the Lord turned his face from his people and they experienced years of turmoil and hardship. Um, what that looks like as a believer is you aren't walking in your calling. You're not walking in the full measure of your calling. And then you're like, well, God, where are you? Yeah, he's right there, but you're not worshiping him. You're worshiping whatever the idol is over your heart. And so the exile is not him rejecting you. It's just you stepping outside of that will because you don't want to worship the king and you don't want to spend time with the king. You want to keep begging the king to give you this thing over your heart. And what he wants to do is say, no, that's not the purpose of your existence. The purpose of your existence is whatever he's put you on this earth to do. Now, that might include motherhood, political activism, um, wifedom. Like, it might include all those things. But you're, that is not the purpose of your existence. The purpose of your existence is to co-create with Trinity. So, when you're over here saying, wife, mother, politics, wife, mother, politics, food, smartphones digital world, like business, money, you can keep doing all that. If you are new to the show, you might not know that we were on food stamps in 2018. Being on food stamps can be an overwhelming experience. To help listeners who might be starting a journey on food stamps or for listeners who just don't feel like doing their own grocery list, I have released my free food stamp guide. This is a free download available on the site to help women and families who are on food stamps learn the skill of how to make meals last and also for reader listeners who just don't want to do food prep. So go to the site, nicolesenhouse.com and click on the free guide at the top of the page. So then after you're, you've repented and you're back in alignment, then listen. What is Holy Spirit telling you to do and what is your true calling? You will not get that from other people. You will not get that from all the voices online. You will not get that from your spouse or your mother or your kids. You will get your purpose by continuing to say surrendered to the Trinity and stay in alignment. And then once you start listening, then go practice what he's told you to do. Go walk in it. You don't have to be afraid of it. You might mess it up the first time. You might, like, completely miss it. There will be consequences for that. But it's not so grievous that you don't practice your calling. Um, Maybe your calling is not to... Like, I have baby fever so bad right now, I can't stand it. My calling right now is not to give birth to more babies. My calling right now is to mentor and nurture women who have been scarred by mental abuse in the church, from their family, from their spouses. That's my calling right now, is to mentor these women. 
uh, my calling right now is to go minister the gospel to the people who actually want Jesus. They just don't want to have to go through the horseshit of a congregation to get to it. That's my calling. I can't have a baby right now. At some point, I might get more babies. My ovaries will love that. <laughs> but the purpose of my calling right now is not to be a mother. So whatever your calling is, whatever your purpose is, Go live your purpose. And then in due time, if it is the appointed good thing the Lord has for you, he will bring that thing to you in whatever way he sees fit. Most of my children are probably not going to be your way. <clears throat> um, when necessary, you might need to remove these idols from your life. If this is an idol that has yielded addiction, you're going to have to give that thing up. If this is an idol that is a graven image, so like, I don't know, like if you were formerly practicing Wicca and you have all of the relics, you need to go get that crap out of your house. If you were part of a really wild congregation like I was, like you might need to go get the stuff that you had for that part of worship out of your house. Um, maybe you need to get rid of some old journals and just let all of those past expectations and those things that you idolized back in the day, like, you need to let go of those things. Get them out of your house. For me, I set the altar and the dress on fire. Um, I will share this picture um, later, and many of you have seen it already, but when I turned 30, I had a bonfire with all of, not all, but some of the women who supported me through infidelity recovery. And I decided when I turned 30, I'm going to celebrate all of these women, or as many women as I can, who have helped me through this really shitty time. And it was during that process I learned that marriage was an idol of my heart. So I had the altar that I got married in front of, that big striped board, the black and white with our initial on it. Um, that was the altar I got married in front of. So I hung my wedding dress on the altar and I lit that sucker on fire. Um, you might need to have a bonfire. I will bring the matches and champagne. <laughs> Remove the idols that are there. Um, and like when I said like I removed the, the, idol, the idol of marriage from my life, I didn't go on a date until... the end of October of this year. So that was 20, we left in 2018. Six months later it was official, so. Yeah, I waited 18 months to go on a date. So, not in a hurry for this. Um, someone say, well, that's too soon. Like, yo, it was just a date. Um, but now I know, like, marriage isn't the idol of my heart. Likewise, once you've removed this idol, take your time getting back into it. Um, if you are a political junkie and you're, like, selling out to your security based on this system, then you need to reevaluate your priorities. 
you need to stop and repent and figure out how the Lord wants you to operate in these ways that yields glory back to him. Um, if you want to be a mother, get underneath why you want to be a mother. Is it because you want to have your own child? Is it because you want to nurture? What is underneath this that's fueling this desire? I'm not saying wanting to have your own kids is bad. I understand. Um, what I am saying is that there is additional purpose and calling on your life, and you need to go walk in that. Um, motherhood is part of a calling, and for some it might be the completion, but for many it is not. And it's okay that it's not. That's not to dismiss motherhood. That is not to say that it's not important. That is to say that there is additional purpose in your life than motherhood. And it is beautiful and just as powerful and just as sacred. Alright. Um, the reason I'm telling you guys this is because I really want to see all of you walking in your calling. Like, I really want to see all of you walking in the fulfillment of your life. Like, I know we're taught to chase happiness, but there's something better than happiness, and that's fulfillment. Um, and fulfillment yields happiness. Fulfillment yields joy. I don't want to see you guys keep walking around this mountain of monotony, of pleading, of begging God for something, when what you really need is to walk in the purpose of your identity. Um, so I'm going to give you a few verses about exile, how to watch out for it, and the warning against it. And then we're going to pray um, a rote prayer. Uh, but it, and I probably should have done this in the beginning, but I'm going to have a special closing prayer for y'all tonight. All right, exile. So much fun. That was a rough two years, y'all. All right. Um, Second Kings. 17, 22 through 24. The people of Israel walked in all the sins that Jeroboam did. They did not depart from them until the Lord removed Israel out of his sight, as he had spoken by all his servants, the prophets. So Israel was exiled from their own land to Assyria from this day. Don't be exiled from your own purpose. You don't have to walk outside of it. You can walk in your purpose at any given moment. When the desire of your heart becomes the object of your heart, you're starting to slip. Do not be exiled from your own purpose. Okay. Um, Isaiah 9. I think it's it Isaiah 9. I could be wrong. Let's take a few moments. I know some of y'all think it's gross when you lick your fingers. Get over it. Get it together. Okay. Isaiah 44, 9. Uh, the bulk of this piece of text is about the folly of idolatry. Um, the first part of Isaiah 44 is why you're chosen. The second part is to secure his, um, his right over your heart as... Um, the king of your heart as a savior. And then the last part of Isaiah 44 
addresses idolatry. Um, the verse I want to read to you is Isaiah 44, um, 18. They know not, nor, the, nor do they discern, for he has shut their eyes so that they cannot see and their hearts so that they cannot understand. The longer you stay wrapped up with your idol, the harder it's going to be for you to see clearly and to get out of it. Discernment can be withheld from you because you've chosen cognitive dissonance, because you've chosen willful ignorance. You can lose your ability to discern between right and wrong, between good and bad, between the purpose of your calling and not. And in life, there are three things. There's God, not God, and you. And what you're giving attention to is going to be one of those three things. God, not God, are you. If you continue to give attention to things that are not God, you can lose your ability to discern. Once you repent and step back into alignment, it comes back to you, but you have to practice it. But y'all, is it really worth giving that up? Is it really worth giving up discernment so you can have your way? It is not. Um, there is sharp warning against it in 1 Corinthians. Um, my beef with this is that it addresses, like, vile, big sins. It doesn't address idolatry from this, mis from this seemingly good perspective. It is seemingly good to want to earn money. It is seemingly good to take practice in civic duty. It is seemingly good to be a mother and wife. It is seemingly good to have a Fortune 500 company. All of these things are good. But they can take us out of our alignment. So, um, 1 Corinthians 10, 12-14. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed, lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you that is not common to, to man. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape, that you may be able to endure it. Therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. So you don't have to stand weak against this. There is truth and power in scripture. Um, you have the ability to overcome this. It is going to be a choice and a practice, um, but you can do it. If I can get over my desire to be a wife, you guys can get over this. Um, Y'all, I'd wanted to be married since I was four, so part of setting that wedding dress on fire was vindicating, and the other part of me was like, this cannot ever take a graven place in my heart over Yeshua and what we're called to do together again. So, that is that. Um, I'm going to do communion with you guys, and we're going to say, I'm going to say a prayer over you that I learned from a little retreat. Um, come on. There's some catchy name for this, and I forget what it's called. That was real cheeky.
before I take this. Um, bread, the body of Christ that was broken for you. The blood, the blood of the new covenant. Alright, here's our closing prayer. Come Holy Spirit, fill our hearts and kindle them in the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit that we should be renewed. Lord, you are good and faithful. You have died, you have risen, and you will come again. Thank you for the bread that is your body and the blood of the new covenant. Lord, we want to walk and co-create with you. You're a good and faithful king. Amen. All right, you guys. I love you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Nicole's Hen House. It is a great value to me to have your ears tuned to the variety of guests on our show. If you found this content insightful, I would greatly appreciate a review on any listening platform. To contact Nicole's Hen House, visit the site, nicoleshenhouse.com, or you can find me on Instagram at Nicole's Hen House. As always, cheering for you 